thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Morton podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. You're listening to a message from one of our fortnightly gatherings as we prepare to plant a church in Morton Bay early 2024. To find out more about New Life Morton, you can head to church.nu forward slash Morton. But for now, enjoy the message. Friends, again, very, very warm welcome. Um, we are so excited to kind of begin to launch um, New Life Morton, which is amazing. And kind of our plan for the next um, basically few months will be this, that we want to spend a, a certain amount of time just beginning to gather as God's people. And each week that we kind of meet, we're going to add different elements to the service. But our real heart is this. We don't want to be a community that in the early days overcomplicates things. We want to make the main thing the main thing, which is Jesus, his presence, and his people. And so eventually we're going to have like a kids program. Eventually we'll look at how we can sort out the acoustics. But in these early days, the win of these days is the beautiful gathering coming together. And so where we stand kind of right now on the 10th of September is we stand here with a blank canvas. It's a beautiful opportunity that God has called us into. That God has sent us from New Life Brisbane. New Life Brisbane was planted about five years ago from New Life Rabina. New Life Rabina planted Brisbane, now Brisbane's planting us. And the beautiful thing is that we stand at a kind of a precipice where there's a blank canvas. And what I really want to go into today and, and, and kind of preach and speak briefly into is this idea that God's inviting each of us into a space where we would actually begin to throw some paint at that canvas. That it, it's almost like in a sense that God's carved out a community space, but he wants to give you a paintbrush as part of this community. And he wants you to come to the table and use your gifts and use your abilities. And for some of you, I'm I'm very conscious, for some of you, maybe this is your season again of where it's it's time to dream again. Some of you might have spent extensive time in churches and extensive seasons serving and hustling. And some of you might be tired. And what I want to say from the outset is this, that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burdens are light. And that's why we want to have a gathering and a service where we go easy on things in the early days. Because I want us to be able to come to the table and feast on God as his people. Not need to hustle, not need to get busy. I'm not going to ask you to hop on a serving team next week. In these early days, it's days of delight. In Zechariah, God says, like, do not despise the days of early beginnings because they're the beautiful days. So that's kind of where I want to invite us into today, that as the people of God, as the church, we are a people of his presence. That's kind of our core marking and our core calling is to be a people of his presence. It's to be the people who carry the very presence and work of the Holy Spirit with us. And so as we look at this kind of blank canvas and as we kick off, really want to do what, I, what I want to do for the next 20 minutes and some of you are like, who know me are like, Dylan can't shut up, I promise. It will be close to 20 minutes. <laughs> and what I want to do is this. I want to open up the word of God and I want to look at the narrative arc of kingdom community. And I want to begin to look at, I want to look at Genesis 1 and 2. I want to look at the garden being established. And I want to look how God invites us into the garden as co-laborers to work and to tend the garden. This beautiful idea that each of us bring who we are, our own gifts, our own places in the 4503, which is my hood. I grew up in Kalanga. I love it. It's good. I'm back, I'm, I'm back home, baby. We're back here. So I want to go to Genesis 1 and 2. And I want to look at the garden. I want to look at what we can learn about God's call for us to tend the garden. 
And then I want to go to the Gospels and I want to look at Jesus' earthly ministry. And I want to look at how Jesus went along and how he created a kingdom community. And there I want to hone in on Matthew 13, the parable of the sower, where Jesus gives his good news that he does the heavy lifting. That we're the church, that we are the people of his presence. We turn up, we show up, we serve, we do things. But ultimately, I would love New Life Morton to be a place where burnout isn't a prophetic word for our people. We're actually thrilled and we come to the table and we feast on God. And as we do our certain things and as we bring our gifts, God builds something beautiful. Then the third thing I want to look at is this. I want to look at Revelation 21. And I want to look at how there's a coming promise of the new heavens and new earth where God will make all things right, where he'll wipe away every tear from every eye, and where one day God will show us that the hustle and that the building of a new community was actually worth it. That we can be co-laborers in the gospel from a place of easy burdens, of an ease in a sense. And I want to do that because I want to speak into the room. And you know, we're a church plant. There's going to be days where we're going to, have, we're going to have many, many more people come and want to join this gathering and these people and us. But what I want to do is kind of set the spiritual tone of New Life Morton, which is we will be a people who have our tanks consistently filled with the love and presence of God. And we will serve from the overflow of God's presence. And part of that I'm aware is it's going to take time to kind of prove that concept. Because for some of us, we've heard that before. I'm like, I've heard the pastor say that before. And what I'm not promising is some kind of community that's not going to have its dysfunction. Because we're all people. We'll sin and fall short of the glory of God. I'm going to let you down. But what would it mean for us to set the spiritual tone in that sense? So if you've got your Bibles, can I invite you to open up to Genesis 1? With me, and I want to just—I want to begin right at the beginning of all time, Genesis one. Genesis one, verses one. Sorry, there's no screen because we don't have a TV, so we'll get there. Genesis one, one says this: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What God's doing here is He's giving—he's kind of showing us, in a sense, that like, as we're invited into this community to begin to co-labor and co-create, God is the most beautiful artist of them all. God's forming a community. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Yet the Spirit of God was hovering over it. And in these early days, we're creating something here. Yet the Spirit of God is going, the Spirit of God is going before us and behind us and beside us and is establishing us as a kingdom community. And then in verse 3, God says this, Let there be light. Where there's darkness, where there's void, where there's been nothing before, God says, let there be light, and there's light. There's a newness that's imparted into a space. Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning, the first day. For those of us who've spent two seconds in Christian circles, we know that the the next chapters move on. And day after day, God is adding the color to the canvas. The earth is beginning to take function. God is beginning to throw these colors on that canvas. Animals are created. All these beautiful things happen. And then we get over to Genesis 2, chapter 2, verses 15. And it says this. The Lord God had created man. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you can surely eat of every tree, and we know where that story leads. 
But sometimes I think that we're very quick to move from Genesis 2 straight to Genesis 3. And we miss this kind of like precursor vision that Jesus and God has for his people, which is this, Genesis 1 and 2, tend the garden, spend time in Yahweh's presence with Yahweh walking amongst you, walking with him in the cool of the evening. And like we're evangelicals, we're good evangelicals. We love to talk about sin sometimes. And sin is important because it makes sense of the brokenness of our world. But the message of God and the, the narrative of God doesn't start with sin. It starts with Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1, God creates the earth. Genesis 2, God begins to literally create man, woman, creates everything. And he tells man and woman, go and have dominion over that. Go and use your creative flair to do something. And some of you are like, why do I keep saying the word creative? I'm not a creative. I can't sing, I can't paint, I can't write. But as I was kind of preparing this week, I just thought, you know what? Genesis 1 and 2, so beautiful. And what a call for us in the early days of a church plant. The invitation is this, go and tend the garden. What we're doing here is we're creating a space where we're going to add colours, where people are going to come in here and encounter God, where kids are going to grow up in a beautiful space. They're going to come to know the Lord. People are going to come and meet Jesus in this space. And it's not an established space. The acoustics in this room, as you probably heard, are horrible. But that's good because the canvas is blank. And so the invitation I put to us in this early day is this. Take your paintbrush and get creative with what God wants to bring at New Life Morton. Join us on that journey. Get that paintbrush and let's chat and let's do something special. So God calls us to tend the garden. This is the first God, the command that God makes. He tells them to tend and to keep the garden to take ownership over the garden, to have buy-in into the garden, to take great pride in the garden. My wife Casey and I, we're kind of, we, we think that we can plant good things. Really, we can just plant tomato plants. But our tomato plants are like super flourishing at the moment, which I'm just like, surely that's a prophetic sign of all. <laughs> a flourishing tomato branch is surely a flourishing church. But I think like I go out there and I water that garden. I wake up every morning. I have my quiet time with God at this garden. How much more so does God invite us into a spiritual space to tend the soil? And he invites you into it. I love this, that the Hebrew word for keep, for keep the garden or tend the garden is shema. And it means this, to take care of, not just be present with, not just let the dude who yells at the front kind of do all the stuff, but take care of it. Cultivate the space, till the soil. Pray into what God is building here. Build something. It's to produce something that would flourish. And from that place of flourishing, that garden would therefore repeat and reproduce. That's the call, Genesis 1 and 2, create something. And as that happens, this community will reproduce. It will flourish. We will be healthy. We will desire healthy leadership. We will desire healthy gatherings. We will have people come in here and not feel judged. Nurture the ground, Genesis 1 and 2. Nurture the ground. Help make it flourish. Cultivate the garden and then reproduce that thing. And at the heart of New Life, Morton, is this. We want to be a church planning church. At New Life, our vision and mission is we want to see more people more like Jesus through planning and leading local thriving churches. That's the thing that we fight for. We don't fight for kind of the auxiliary things. We don't argue over secondary kind of open-handed questions. 
We say we're inviting you as the people of God today to a garden to take ownership over new life more and to tend the soil so that God would bring a beautiful, beautiful growth. And that's everyone. Everyone has a place in the garden, in the church setting, the worshippers, the servers, the hosts, the intercessors, those who don't yet know Jesus but, but grace us with their presence are welcomed to be a part of this vibrant family that's forming. So already it's like we're going to have people come who might not know Jesus. We're going to celebrate that. We're going to meet them where they're at. And we're going to say, you know what? Pick up a paintbrush and make this community yours because we want you to belong far before you believe. That's the garden metaphor. Belong before you believe. Ephesians 4, Paul says this. says, so God gave the church the pastors, the prophets, the teachers. We know the scripture. Again, it's that parallel that everyone has their place to turn up and do something. John Wimber, one of my kind of standout dudes, he planted the vineyard movement. He says this, everyone in the kingdom of God in the church gets to do this stuff. It's not the pastor. It's not just the elders. It's not just the service. Everyone gets to do the stuff. You get to bring who God has made you to be into this place. Everyone gets to do the stuff. So from these early days, if we, if we view this place as a garden that is to be tended, my prayer is this. Number one, we'll be a place where the lost can be found. Those who don't yet know Jesus or maybe have had barriers in coming to know Jesus or maybe have had been hurt by church can come here and be found again in safety. They can come here and have their hearts filled with the power of God's presence, with the beauty of the gospel and where the word of God is liberating, not oppressive. The lost can be found. What would it look like for this place to be full of people who don't yet know Jesus? Number one. Number two, that the found can grow up. In the church, there's a massive issue with discipleship. Sometimes it's because we major on the wrong things. Sometimes because we get people to kind of serve too much before they actually just are able to be free and be loved on. So if we want to see the lost be found, then we want to see the found thrive and flourish and grow up in God. We want to plant a church one day out of New Life Morton, like Brisbane has planted us. And we don't want that to be in 10 years' time. We want to consistently be letting the fan grow up. We're committed to spiritual formation and discipleship. And we want those who are growing up in Jesus to be sent out. We're not about here about keeping the resources. As a community, we will get to this time where we send our best, where gospel goodbyes are hard. And you're like, why is this dude talking about this stuff in like the first meeting? Because it needs to underpin our culture from the early days. One day when we have staff here, one day when we have... A, if God willing, if we grow, we're going to send some people maybe to plant another church. And we want to celebrate that as a community, not to be like, we need to have the holy huddle with the best people. It's like, no, we send, we bless the land. We bless the kingdom. We send people to make little gardens everywhere because when we do that, people get welcomed in and invited into a space. We let them tend the soil and bless the gardens. And some of those people, we believe we're going to see social workers, missionaries, doctors, pastors, different people come here with the goal being that they would tend the soil and they would become more like Jesus amongst it. That's why I am happy every week that you can struggle to hear me because the kids are loud. Because welcome to heaven. In the garden, there's no rooms in the garden. In the garden, we're all here together. We're all here celebrating the Lord together. So we tend the soil. And so my invitation for you with this first point would be this. Are you ready to dream again? Like, 
I'll share more of my story as time goes on. But to be completely honest, I've been a pastor for long enough now. I've been involved in churches for long enough now to know that sometimes things don't go amazing. That we carry hurt, that we carry wounds. But my invitation at the beginning of a new community will not be a promise that we're going to get everything right, but a, a, a much more deeper question and invitation. Would you dream again? Would you dream again? Would you turn up and love God and show up in such a way that says, God, doesn't matter what's gone behind me, face like Flint, I view you for Jesus where you're going and I want to follow the good shepherd. And we want to stay connected to the good shepherd because as we do that, God will build something in our midst and we won't get everything right, but we will create a space that is safe, where we have good accountability, where we have safe gatherings, where we have genuine community. So would you dream again as to what God, why God might be calling you to change your life more? Would you dream again? And again, like I said, I realize that some of you are choosing to trust again as well. And I want to really just honor that, that it's hard to trust again. But the invitation remains the same. Would you trust again? So once a garden is created and we create this community, what happens is, is that the doors are now flinging wide and we want, to, we want to begin to kind of preach the gospel every week. We want to preach the word of God. We want to see people come and learn about Jesus. And then the question is, all right, well, if this is a space, if Genesis 1 and 2 carves out a space, a meeting place, a dwelling place, it's like, what does the mission of God look like? Well, secondly, the mission of God looks like telling people about Jesus. So we're going to create a safe space here. But number two is, we're going to unashamedly talk about Jesus, his goodness, his supremacy, his lordship, his love, his scandalous grace. In a few weeks, we're going to, or a couple of months, we're going to start a series called Dinners with Jesus. We're going to look at the times where Jesus sits down with people around a table and celebrates the Lord. And with that, it's like Jesus does the heavy lifting. So we create the space. We do the stuff. We meet, we gather, we worship, we preach the gospel, we invite people. We have an invitational culture. But we do all that in a sense of being able to therefore lean back into Abba's arms. And Jesus does the heavy lifting. Paul says this, he says, I planted a polis water, but God gives the growth. We want to start this place from that. It's not Dylan plants, Dylan waters, Dylan makes growth, because if that's the case, we're in trouble. But we as the people of God will plant the garden. We're going to have different people who come and water it. They're going to water the garden. But God will be the one who gives the growth in every season. So as we begin to grow, God will be the one who does the heavy lifting which is good news for us. And why? Because of this. It means that we are co-laborers, not the laborer. It means that burnout isn't a prophetic word over our lives. It means that this place becomes a dwelling place of his presence, where we get filled up, we get fueled up to go out. So Sunday becomes the celebration of the saints. And then we get sent out from that place. I want to read, um, if, you got, if you want to turn to, to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, Jesus says this um, amazing parable, which I find to be quite confronting, but also comforting. Matthew 13 says this. It's a parable of the sower. It says, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat behind the sea, beside the sea. Great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and he sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables. The first thing he said was this. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, 
and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprung up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Verse 8, other seeds fell on good soil, and they produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. The point of this passage is this, again, keep with me in that narrative. We set out the soil. We lay a garden bed. We plant what we can. And we trust into the fact that God will be the one who brings out the growth. That God will be the one who brings the increase. That God will be the one who makes beautiful, beautiful things happen. But we become liberated at that because we realize that that's just our our literal job is to set up the altar for God to come. And whatever God brings, whatever fire of the spirit God brings to the altar, we say, thank you, Lord. And we celebrate what he's doing. Because again, if we're learning anything in churches, as many of you would be aware, it's that a big personality in a big church in and of itself is not enough to build a safe, authentic, Holy Spirit-filled community. We want Jesus to be the King Shepherd. We're just under-shepherds. We're under-servants. But that is a liberating, liberating thing. And here at Morton Bay, we stand on the shoulders of many faith communities, many people who have tilled the soil, many people who have planted things, many people who've gone in over time, And now as we seek to plan a new community, it's our time to open the doors. It's our time to tend the garden. It's our time to lay down that bed, start to plant some seeds. And we're going to do that in a few ways. Number one, we're going to do that by beginning to gather fortnightly. Every fortnight we will be here to gather and worship and and sing our praises to God. On the off week, we're going to have different socials. We're going to go high on relationships. We might go to North Lakes. We might go to a park. We might go to Brighton. We'll go to different areas. And then during that, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to pick up a community and grow as a community. And as the wheels start to turn, we're then going to add different elements, but we're not going to do the former before the foundation is laid. So we're going to take time to build well. Because we we want seed, we want to plant some seed that's going to grow. By God's grace and in God's name, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't want seed to be thrown out and then eaten up. And we want, to, we want to do this in unison and, and unification with the Uniting Church, who we're a part of, with local churches in this area, because we're a kingdom, we're a unified kingdom. So our job as the people of God is to pioneer a church community, to be passionate about the things of God, to turn up and love each other. Yet when push comes to shove, all of this work is grounded on Jesus. It's all his heavy lifting. And I just very quickly, and I'm going to wrap up in a few minutes. I want to share with you just a consistent theme that people keep saying. And I want to share with you a word that people keep sharing with us. And, and, I, and I'm conscious, too, that that language might be triggering in a sense. So just, just hear my heart in this. The consistent thing that people who are praying for this community share with me, multiple people in encouragement, is this. Is that New Life Morton will be a place where the people of God will be given permission to dream again. The Lord's going before and speaking that out over this community where the ministry will be pioneered through abiding and delight rather than striving and burnout, where there will be a sense in which God is carrying along the community. God is carrying along the community. God is doing the heavy lifting. A sense in which people will be activated in their gifts again, some of which which have laid dormant for many years. It's going to be a new season 
It's a new season to come out again. And where there will be safety, kingdom wholeness, beautiful accountability, and gospel freedom. What a beautiful thing to lean into, all of those things. And so point three, what I want to look at and to end our time is this, is Revelation 21, where it says that God will wipe away all the tears from our eyes. And the reason, part of the reason when John gets that revelation is that it's like, guys, it's worth doing what we're doing. It's worth the sowing. It's worth the reaping. It's worth the tears. It's worth the pain. It's worth turning up in a place with no acoustics and uncomfortable chairs. It's worth the early days because through this, we build the ceiling. We are the ceiling by which our kids will stand on it as a floor. So as our kids grow up in God, as those kids who are in the back there come to know Jesus, we're building something here for them. It will be worth it on the other side of eternity where Jesus meets each of us and says, well done, good and faithful servant. It will be worth it. So we can lean in that in these early days as well and say that what we're doing will not be in vain. God will be a gracious, good shepherd amongst everything. He will pioneer something beautiful, but he wants to invite you into I to come and be a part of this. And this will not result in a lack of worth or meaning for the future generations, which is good, good news. The last thing I want to end with is this. In an age where we're, we're walking through a cultural moment in the church too, where we're walking through deconstruction, disillusionment, disappointment, a lot of which is valid because we've messed up at times as a church, but as we seek to create a credible space where people can encounter God and trust again, we need to know that, again, like, like those words, that God is the one who's carrying us along, that it's his love, that we abide in Abba's affection, that every time we gather, God says to you and to I that we are the beloved. We are his beloved sons and daughters. In us, he is well pleased, which changes our orientation for when we work hard, when we plan a church, when we do the stuff, we do it from a sense of belovedness, that we have nothing to prove but much to do because we want to see Jesus become known. And so I want to now, we're just going to finish with a couple of worship songs and then we've got an amazing good morning tea. So why don't you stand now? And I thought, as Amanda leads us in a few songs to finish up, what I'd love to do is this. I think that a lot of people get sent from a place of cursing rather than blessing. And so in our first ever moment here, I want us to just position ourselves under God as his beloved. And so I wonder in this moment, if, if you would feel comfortable to just close your eyes. And what I want to do is I actually want to speak a blessing over us as the people of God. No matter who we are, where we come from, what our experience is, how we're feeling right now. I want to actually just bless us in these early days and pray a prayer of blessing to commission us in this season in a good and healthy way. And so, Lord, as we gather under you right now, King Jesus, we just become aware in this loud room, Lord, of the louder voice and love of your Holy Spirit. We would ask, Lord, that in this moment you would even just begin to increase your presence amongst us. Lord, so often we pray to you and we talk about you like you're not in the room. But Lord, in this moment, would we listen to you what you're saying, what you're singing over us, Lord, as Zephaniah 3.17 says. Would we feel a sense of your love? I pray in this moment, Lord, that there would be 
an impartation of dreams and visions and beauty and gospel, faith and newness and new trust in this moment. And so, Lord, with that, right now in this space, Lord, I want to take a moment and I bless every single person in this room, Lord. For those who are married in this room, Lord, I bless, I bless their marriage, Lord. I bless the journey that has taken them up until this place where they are right now. I bless them, Lord, that they've rocked up, that they've turned up, that they've come here and decided to believe and to trust again. And so, Father, where there has, has been hard seasons, seasons of wilderness, Lord, we just bless, I bless, Lord, that you are going to make ways in the desert, streams in the desert, Lord. There's going to be an inroad back to you, Lord, back to your Holy Spirit in this moment. I also bless those in this room who have decided again to trust again. Who have felt the Holy Spirit begin to kind of be like, I want to come and check out this church. I bless in this moment, Lord, that they would be given a new measure of faith and safety and healing and wholeness to see you as the chief shepherd and the good shepherd again. And Lord, we bind and break off any assignment of a past season any wounds, Lord, we just pray, come Holy Spirit, be the gardener of our hearts in this moment. Tend, Lord, the soil in our inner world. Lord, break off that which has hurt us in past seasons. Set us apart, Lord, and consecrate us for a new season as your new people here. And Lord, would we see many people more people become more like Jesus in and through new life more. In Jesus' name, Jesus' mighty, mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If you'd like to find out more information about New Life Morton, our fortnightly gatherings, or even how to join our launch team, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at hellomorton at church.nu or head to our website, Instagram, or Facebook page. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.